Yes, us. Welcome to the Kefi Life Podcast. My name is Kiki Vale, and I'll be your guide to creating a life of Ola Kala, all is well. Together, we'll get back to the basics, and we'll explore fresh new ways to flourish in mind, body, and soul the Greek way. You can look forward to interviews, stories, essential self-care strategies, recipes, and actionable takeaway Ola Kala moments. This is going to be so much fun. Let's get going. Bam it. Our Lexi for today is topicos, topicos or local. When eating or buying produce, best chance for fresh taste is to pick the food from your garden or to get it in season from a local or topico store. Topico means it's grown and provided from a close destination, foregoing the long transit delivery and the risk of older produce. Topicos support the people who go the extra mile to give you tasty and garden fresh. Eleolado, olive oil, has been celebrated in the civilized world for millennia, nearly eternal. The oil of this fruit has been more than just food to the cultures of the Mediterranean region. It's been medicinal, ceremonial, sacramental, and the foundation of great wealth and power. It is safe to say that olive oil is the ethos, the essence of Greek culinary culture. Today, the priceless and life-giving ingredients of this liquid gold can be delivered to you when you purchase your premium bottle of Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil from the region my parents were born, the Peloponnese. The coveted Koroniki olive is extensively cultivated here in the southern part of Greece, which offers the unique microclimate needed to grow a fruit netting the utmost nutrient value for extra virgin olive oil. Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil, a boundless amount of value, high in antioxidants with anti-inflammatory properties linked to good mood and improved mental health. Get your bottle of wellness today when you visit kefilife.shop. Yasu friends in Kefi, it's Kiki Vale, Chris Boric, and Caitlin Boric. And it's a, hello. Hello. It's a, yeah, it's a very exciting day for us here at Spira Farms in Lamont, Illinois, as we present the first ever inaugural video episode of Kefi Life. And Kefi Life is so excited, honored, and proud to partner with Spira Farms because we're like-minded. So you're bringing nutrition in the form of microgreens. I'm bringing nutrition in the form of olive oil. Perfect synergy here. Uh, we've been bringing this podcast, Kefi Life, to you, the listener, for two years. We're starting now to chart in places like Romania, Mexico, Australia, Sweden, Italy, Greece, USA, and they all fluctuate, but we're at a top 3% global ranking. Very thankful. And it's because of people like you who listen and learn. And today we'd like to venture into the uh, video aspect of it. So what better place than to start this than Spirit Farms? Look at this gorgeous radish. Is yes. that right? Yes, it's a rainbow radish. It's a rainbow radish. I stand corrected. <laughs> so we met a while back, but I want um, the followers to know what microgreens are. Let's start at the beginning, Chris. Um, you're actually an IT guy by tr- by trade, but now you are an expert in farming and you're growing microgreens with Caitlin. Let's talk about microgreens and for the folks that don't know what they are, what are they? Sure. Uh, microgreens are kind of just baby versions of the plants. Uh, some people call them sprouts, but they're actually a little bit older than sprouts. Sprouts grow for like two to three days in like jars. But these are actually grown on soil, under light, very traditional compared to uh, sprouts. Uh, there's kind of three major reasons why you would want to eat plants at this point in their life. One, they're way easier. You can put broccoli in a sandwich, which is 
kind of strange for, <laughs> for many. Um, but that broccoli is also up to 40 times more nutritious than the adult broccoli. So eating one ounce of microgreen broccoli is like eating three to six pounds of adult broccoli. So it's incredibly nutritious. Uh, second part of it, which is also uh, incredible, is that uh, it's really easy to eat this food raw, which is actually really important. When you heat up adult broccoli, like florets, for example, which is what I think everyone does, we're killing all the anti-inflammatories in them. Heat actually removes a lot of nutrients, all the good things out of it. So raw eating raw foods is important. Eating microgreens is a really easy way to do that. Third thing is that it's locally grown, which is, I think, really important. Our, we only deliver to a certain range in, uh, in our community because we want to make sure that we can harvest and deliver in the same day. Because when you harvest a plant, really any produce, any plant, really, it's slowly dying over time. It, it loses nutrients. So it's really important to actually have locally grown foods so that we get the nutrients you want with them. That's kind of a snapshot of the, the world of microgreens. Yeah. What is, um, how did you come up with the name Spira Farms? So we were, so Chris is Polish. He's a first generation Polish. Dzień dobry. Dzień dobry. <laughs> uh, and so we were actually try, initially trying to find like a, a name that would kind of incorporate the Polish language, but the name in Polish is kind of an ugly looking word, <laughs> just politely, <laughs> respectfully. Yeah. And uh, so then we just, I literally just started putting the word sprout or young into Google Translate and just basically randomizing what language I picked. And Spira is actually Icelandic, unconfirmed. I did not reach out to an Icelandic person <laughs> um, for this. Uh, so Spira is Icelandic for sprout. And I always thought that the naming convention of Iceland and Greenland were funny because Greenland is not, it's kind of really cold and kind of gross, whereas Iceland is beautiful and lush and green. So I thought that was really fitting. That makes a lot of sense. And it's very <laughs> creative. Thank you. Yes, yes. Um, can you tell us, let's talk, because I think most people today, uh, it's safe to say we're trying to stay healthy, okay? And diseases are popping up left and right. They're all over the place. Um, especially that nasty C word, cancer. And we come to learn that broccoli is particularly helpful. It's nutrient profile with staving away cancer or at least keeping it at bay, if you will. But let's talk about the nutrient profile of microgreens with particular interest to broccoli. Sure. So uh, broccoli in particular, it's, it's really not just broccoli, but cruciferous vegetables. So broccoli, cabbage, uh, arugula's in there. Um, they all have this thing called sulforaphane. Uh, broccoli is spoken about the most because it has by far the most sulforaphane versus the other ones. And if you want to maximize the amount of sulforaphane you take, you actually want to eat it in the younger form of the broccoli's life. So microgreen broccoli is a great way of doing that. Uh, sulforaphane has shown there's so much academic research on what it does for fighting, preventing cancers, and especially in cancer patients who have taken sulforaphane. They've seen there's been research on um, a variety of different cancers where it reduced the doubling rate of a tumor's growth. So like how long it takes for a tumor to double in size. Um, by significant amounts in, for those who are taking sulforaphane versus those who weren't. And there's, it's, there's loads, of, there's a huge backlog of research that we can get into uh, on that topic in particular. But um, and the one thing about sulforaphane is that when I mentioned earlier, when you apply heat to broccoli, you are not getting an anti-inflammatories. That is the one major anti-inflammatory you are not getting is sulforaphane. It is not heat tolerant. So we eat our broccoli thinking we're getting this stuff out of it, like the broccoli florets, but you, if you heat it up in some capacity, I don't think most people eat it raw, you're not going to receive it. So we got into this particular because we have cancer in our family and broccoli, microgreen broccoli was a way to like 
solve for that problem to make sure we're getting, we're trying to do everything we could to get the nutrients and anti-inflammatories in us to help with the conditions we were having. Absolutely. And well, that's a great reason to get into a business like this. And when I met Caitlin at the farmer's market in Hensdale, it was really fun because I'm like, what are these? Like microgreens? I love it. And she explained <laughs> it. And we talked about what's really special about microgreens, in my opinion, because I'm not a farmer, is that it's so easy to eat these. It is just so, so easy to eat them. You can just like put a little bit on a salad or not on a salad, but like pizza or a, you know, a salmon or something like that. And you're getting nutrients. So um, this right here, I want to talk to you about how many microgreens you are growing here at Spiro Farms. By the way, we're Spiro Farms in Lamont, but you don't have to live in Lamont to get microgreens because you have a subscription series. Yes, we do. And you are in many stores. Yes. And we're in stores throughout like Naperville. Uh, we are in a couple stores in Hinsdale, uh, the fruit market out there and Kramer Foods, which I know are kind of like staples out in Hinsdale, yes. which is uh, pretty cool. And then Angelo Caputo's in Orland Park, in Naperville, Casey Foods in Naperville. Am I, what am I missing? Standard Market as well in Downers Grove. Oh, outstanding. Yeah. And every time I go to like, let's say, for example, the fruit store or Kramer's, they're sold out. So it's very popular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They're always sold out. I'm like, where are my microgreens? Uh, but it, it, I think that is a big selling point besides a nutrient profile is that it's super easy because everybody complains about being in a hurry. So right now we're looking at spicy radish or rainbow radish. Yeah. So it is spicy, but this one in particular is a Rambo radish. Okay, and it's so, our purple variety, uh, very popular amongst our chefs. Seriously, and they yes. use it for the flavor profile? Uh, some do. Ultimately, a lot of, at least in our experience with dealing with chefs, they use it as kind of a visual component to right. the dish. Yeah. Uh, and this is obviously probably one of our most visually appealing microgreens. It's beautiful and it's very full. <laughs> What's next to it? Uh, next to it is kale. And this particular version or variety of kale is called Blue Vates Curled, which is an interesting name, I guess. <laughs> okay, so do like the different varieties of kale or radish or any type of uh, green have different nutrient profiles? They do, um, but I think you'll see a lot of the variety uh, variation in, is minimal. Um, unless, do you have anything you want to yeah. add to that? Yeah. It's, it's not a huge difference from one to another, uh, but there's definitely some differences. So when you mentioned our subscription service, uh, we typically focus on providing Daikon microgreen radish to the community rather than Rambo because it actually does, it's, and it's, it's a fully green radish plant, um, which means it has more chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is an anti-inflammatory. Just as an example of that, Rambo radish has less chlorophyll because of the, the purple within it. Uh, but there's a variety of different uh, vitamins and minerals that Daikon will have over the Rambo. So we grow this one because it just looks cool, to be honest with you. Uh, but then if you're maximizing on nutrients, we try to provide direct-to-consumer, like specifically the ones that are like, this is the healthiest one. At least research, all the research has shown. Very helpful and also very marketable. So how many greens do you have growing currently at Spira Farms? We grow over 20 varieties. Uh, and I count the two different radishes as two different ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we grow everything from, you know, we grow broccoli, kale, red acre cabbage, just to name a few of my favorites right off the, the cuff there. And then sunflower is like another really interesting one. You can actually eat sunflowers. It's delicious. It's kind of meaty. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, there's also some of the cool ones that we are experimenting with, like uh, cantaloupe is also really, really interesting one. It's a microgreen. It's a small little plant, but it tastes like a melon, which is really, really interesting and cool. Uh, I would love to like put it in like a mixed drink or something because it's got that fruity flavor to it. And then you can also eat like 
carrots. My green carrot tastes just like carrot and onion tastes just like onion, but it's in this very different form factor than what we traditionally get. So it's a lot of, you can be very creative with how you make food. As you mentioned, you can put them in like, like broccoli and sandwiches, a very basic one. It's just really different and fun. Let's open everybody's mind to the um, possibilities of microgreens. You know, you think of a microgreen as like, oh, just a salad. Not true. We can use these on pizza. We can use it in a sandwich. We can use it where else? Yogurt? Yeah. I mean, we have definitely put sunflower microgreens on top of our yogurt. Uh, We also put broccoli in smoothies and a lot of broccoli in the smoothie. Like this man next to me has filled up my blender, broken it (laughs) with broccoli. (laughs) Broccoli actually is, it's it's a tie between broccoli and spinach. Those are the two superpower foods. Broccoli and spinach. So. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you wouldn't think about broccoli as being a superfood, but it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it truly is. And this is an easy way to uh, to prepare it. And by the way, when I met Caitlin, I was so excited because I'm like, okay, so how do I eat these, Caitlin? She goes, all right, do you like salads? Yeah, I love salads. Okay, so which one should I get? She goes, well, you can do something called stacking. And stacking is when you take a variety of the greens for different flavors. And we, I think you told me to start with sunflower. Yeah, because if you, because you were intending to make a full salad out of microgreens, which is very hard. And so that's something that we, when we started, like we were literally just putting like broccoli into a huge bowl for a salad. And then like, okay, this is just broccoli. What do we do? (laughs) Um, So the way I look at it is, is like when you think of a salad, you think of lettuce and that's a big leafy green. Well, sunflower is probably our next closest one where it's a little bit bigger. It's very crunchy like lettuce and it's very juicy. Mm. And it's also got a great, interesting flavor where it's kind of green, like earthy flavored, but then nutty because like a sunflower seed. Um, and then what else did I tell you? I told you then from there- We, we did talk- put radish in it. We did. I did. Yeah. 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 I do remember that. And yeah. then we also did, I remember we I go, we got to hit our nutrition. So we had to put broccoli in there. <laughs> that is a must have. Yeah. And then what did we, to- we did? We topped it off with like a flavor. So you, know what? you really like oh, cilantro. You know cilantro yeah. and arugula. Arugula. Yes. Arugula. Yeah. Arugula. Yeah. I love yeah. arugula. Yeah. It's cilantro. I love, yeah. love cilantro. Yeah, so that's how I looked at it. I was like, we want to make sure that we kind of keep the components of what a traditional salad would look like. But instead of lettuce, we were just doing microgreens. And then that way you're getting all of that nutrition. And a microgreen salad is jam-packed with nutrition. But I also wanted to make sure you had flavors too. (laughs) (laughs) Which I did. Uh, And what's nice about the varieties of microgreens you've chosen is that like broccoli, yes, you hit the anti-inflammatories, so the anti-cancer stuff. It's sunflower. You're getting protein out of that. Uh, There's just like so many different attributes. Every single plant is good at something unique and different. Like cilantro, amazing pulling heavy metals out of your body. Uh, Beet for antioxidants. So it's kind of like, people always ask the question, like, what's the the most nutritious? I'm like, what are you trying to accomplish? You want (laughs) anti-inflammatories, you want protein. It's a little bit different for like what your goals are. Uh, But yeah, you can throw it all in one salad and you're like, you've got it all. (laughs) You're addressing every type of like ailment or like problem, but inflammation is big. Like inflammation is like the devil of all diseases, I think. Uh, Chris, your background is in data analytics. Yes. Now you did mention earlier why you got into um, eating broccoli. I don't know if it was because also of the microgreens, because there was a family member that was ill, but like, how do you switch from data analytics to this type of farming? Yeah, so funny enough, I actually didn't get into any of this for nutrition at all. For me, this is a sustainability problem. It's like growing foods locally, you don't have to transfer broccoli from, let's say, California to Chicago. That's 3,000 miles, a lot of energy. My thinking was, well, if I just grew it for myself, that eliminates that whole process. Um, And as I continued and um, 
learn more about uh, microgreens. We got into nutrition and so on. But the nice thing about my background in technology is that when when you start growing these things every single week, you start seeing the patterns in them. And ultimately, growing really anything is a data problem. Like how long? There's a lot of techniques in this. So like how long do you keep under light? How much light? How much water? Uh, all those are data inputs in my brain. And then the end result is how much broccoli do I get after like 10 days, let's say. Uh, so it, to me, it's a data-driven problem. And we can use technology to really maximize the amount of uh, plants we grow in a small space. For example, we're in a real estate office building. How much broccoli can you grow in this space? <laughs> this is a farm now. It's in the, the office building. It's kind of weird. Speaking of which, talk to us about a vertical farm because we're in a vertical farm. We are. Okay, so talk to us a little bit about your farm. We have a few more minutes. Talk to us a little bit about the farm and how you operate day to day. Yeah, absolutely. So a vertical farm is just kind of a series of shelves that you have um, that plants are simply growing in each one of those shelves. Usually the way they operate, uh, at least how our farm operates, is we have a water tank at the very bottom of the shelf, so on the ground essentially, and then you pump water into each of the shelves. They're kind of like in a container, which uh, it's done automatically so the plants will get watered automatically onset timers and every single plant requires different amounts of water over time. Some of them are like cactuses and they need water sometimes. <laughs> Other ones, if you ignore them, they will complain and they will fall over. Uh, so you have to have it really down uh, a height to it. Yeah, they definitely absolutely get moody. But ultimately, it's just they, they, uh, the watering is automatic and you grow literally vertically up on shelves is the big time. It. And if you want to talk about the processes or anything, I can do it all. About vertical farming? Absolutely. Plant. Funny enough, we're actually horizontal for the first part of what we do, which is planting. <laughs> and so uh, we plant, and what we're looking at here is the, like, these are 10 inches by 20 inches, and we have grown one-inch trays mostly. And it's we put soil in, spread the soil out, and put seed on top, which is the inverse kind of of how you think about how something grows in nature. Um, but we want the seed to be on top, so the roots can penetrate through the soil. And then from there, once we've planted it, uh, we stack them up on top of each other and we put like a 15 pound brick on top of the actual uh, stack of micro, like microgreens. And so what that does is that simulates the plants actually being underground. So that way, and they, these little guys, they're tiny, but they're mighty. And they will literally push the brick up up so that because they're trying they're germinating and so when they germinate they they're trying to push up to find the light sunflower in particular has literally knocked a brick over <laughs> yeah <laughs> nature is incredible it truly is and so what's kind of cool is that it's we're able to grow a lot more because we're stacking everything up so it's space efficient and we're putting it on top of it in shelves and the shelves just go up infinitely if we wanted them to right yeah. <laughs> right so um that's the the vertical part of like the actual planting process. Um, am I missing anything? I'm, I'm no, trying. That's yeah. Good. So it's an interesting process, and I think you know what what you guys lend to it also is like like you said, Chris, sustainability. Uh, you do composting, mm -hmm. and you're trying to your your bags that you sell are made from corn. I think I believe. Yeah. So uh, we actually have two different types of containers. Are all plant based. Um, the containers that we provide, they literally look like that we put the microgreens inside of. They look and feel like plastic, but you're right. It is made of corn, which is really cool. So like you can't recycle it. You have to like literally throw the stuff out, but it doesn't damage the world because it's not plastic. Um, I think I last heard that only 5% of plastics are actually being recycled right now. So I love this idea of like, why don't, it looks and feels like plastic. Let's put 
like plants inside of a plant <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and then we also, when we provide uh, our bags, like sh- like uh, grocery store bags, those kind of things, there are these green bags. They're starting to get a little more popular, but they're made of sugarcane too. So like okay. we only provide plants of what we're providing. We don't, there's no, there's nothing else coming out from us. <laughs> it's truly a win-win and I love your footprint and what you're trying to do is, which is make a difference in the world and help us to all get healthier and educate us. And it's gone so fast. To find out more information about Spiro Farms, where should the folks go? Absolutely. Um, our website is probably going to be one of our best resources. It's spira.farm. It's S-P-I-R-A dot farm. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. We're constantly trying to push content, just kind of showcase what we do, because it's kind of a weird thing for many. <laughs> it really is, but it tastes good. It's easy, and it's a great, efficient way to get your nutrition. Uh, so I want to thank you so much, and I ask all my special guests, and certainly you are a special guest. Um, in my life, I've learned that. Uh, in my life, I have learned that sharing knowledge and information with everybody is how we'll move the world forward. And I know Chris wants to add to that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we like to talk about health and all all these kind of different things. Like, I don't know if many know that um, when you heat up broccoli, it actually doesn't, you know, does bad things for us too. We're not getting what we need out of it. So we're trying to get that information out there so people can kind of see and eat the right way to make sure that they're healthy. Well, it's been such a pleasure. I thank you so much for your time today. I'm really excited to bring every video episode from Spira Farms in Lamont, Illinois, and Let's Eat Green. (laughs) Stay right there. Up next, your weekly takeaway to keep it all as well. Hola, Kala. This Hola, Kala moment brought to you by the law offices of Liston and Centillus. Ranked number one by the Leading Lawyers Network since 2010, taking care of all your real estate needs. If you're of the opinion that Hippocrates was accurate when he said, let medicine be thy food and food be thy medicine, then I'll take it a step further in adding, it's wise to let us live to prevent disease. What exactly does this mean? It means that the foods you eat and the drinks you drink should be selections which support your well-being. Following the 80-20 rule makes it easy and worth it to fuel with a diet which is good for you. 80% of the time, you're eating this way with conscious decisions to eat the rainbow, drink the water, etc. Then 20% of the time, you indulge in all your favorites, which may not enhance your health or be good for you or add any nutritional value, but hey, you got your treat. Get Olegala all is well when you live to prevent disease. Kiki Vale is the founder of Kefi Life. She is passionate about whole person wellness and living a fulfilled life. Her Kefi Life podcast is created to simply and naturally help you harmonize the mind, body, and soul the Greek way. Visit kefilife.com and check out Kiki Vale on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Join us again next time for more positive energy and inspiration on Kefi Life.